Hey everyone, Rob Schulberg here. Welcome to the One Life Lesson Podcast, a series of interviews I'll be conducting with mission-driven business leaders, entrepreneurs, and educators throughout the Pacific Northwest and beyond to share their unique stories, inspiration behind their work, and the one life lesson they've learned along their journey that will hopefully resonate with you listeners out there. And if you do find the time to listen to this podcast, I encourage you to message me via Facebook or LinkedIn, as I'd love to hear your feedback on this pilot project I'm working on. So with that, let's get to the interview. My guest today is Justine Haig. She's the director of Fidget Tech, a nonprofit organization with multiple locations throughout Oregon that offers various programs providing opportunities for young adults with autism. Justine is also the director for the George Fox University Doctor of Business Administration program. Justine, thank you for joining me today. Welcome. It's wonderful to be here. So first off, what is Fidget Tech's mission? Can you kind of take me through that? Sure. Well, the actual mission is uh, we're a purposeful, supportive community for young adults on the autism spectrum to learn technologies and cover interests and talents, develop technical skills, achieve educational, work, or personal goals. What does all that mean? (laughs) Basically, that we are uh, trying to provide a supportive community uh, for young adults on the autism spectrum to expand their technical skills. But then at the end of that is working with organizations who would be eventually interested in in taking them on as interns or even hiring them. So we're really trying to create a bridge of opportunities for um, you know these young people who are technically skilled but don't have access to technical education, um, let alone um, actually finding a technical um, job. So we're, we're trying to create a bridge uh, to get kids where they, where they need to be. So what was the turning point for you when you decided that you wanted to go all in and creating Fidgetech? Well, um, you know, I have an adult autistic son. His name's Daniel, and uh, he's, he's 20 years old. Um, actually, just last week, he turned 20, so <laughs> he's no longer a teenager. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, I had him, of course, 20 years ago, and in those days, there wasn't a lot of uh, folks who were autistic. And so when uh, they diagnosed him at two, they told me, oh, he's autistic. And I'm like, what is autism? Uh, whereas today, it's a familiar word. People have heard it. And, you know, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. So I went to the library and I, I looked up what is autism. And I was really surprised to uncover what it was, um, knowing it's not something he's going to grow out of um, and, and that it's a disability that's going to impact his thinking, his social relationships, um, and also his uh, senses uh, for the rest of his life. So so just having him and trying to raise him is extremely difficult. Um, there was, you know, he had insomnia, so he slept about four hours a night. Um, he cried, I'd say, seventy percent of the day. He was, it was kind of like having, you know, raising Helen Keller. I mean, he might as well have been blind to death because he didn't know what he was seeing, what it meant. He didn't know what he was hearing, what it meant, and so he was really trapped in this very, very frustrating world of, of autism. And so when I, uh, when as he got older, uh, you know, I noticed that he had amazing teachers and people that uh, treated him like he was a one wonderful human being, um, looked beyond um, having a disability. And, you know, over time, he's become my best friend. He's amazing. Uh, He is just, you know, he inspires me every day to help other people. 
uh, autistic uh, autism, people on the autism spectrum um, have this amazing ability to kind of live in the moment. And so you could be like on a Monday morning and it's time for a shower. And he's like so excited. Yeah, it's time for a shower. It doesn't matter. It's Monday morning, right? It doesn't matter what time it is, uh, you know? And so that ability to live in the moment and, and, and him being my best friend and just a wonderful human being, um, you know, what you see is what you get with people on the autism spectrum, uh, you know, lying and uh, cheating. Those are quite complex social behaviors. So quite often you'll get, you know, the truth and how it is. Um, so, and it's not glossed over, <laughs> which can be uh, quite funny and also challenging at times. Um, but when he was like, I guess he's 18, 16, I noticed he was interested in technology. So he could always, uh, you know, his amazing ability for pattern recognition and also photographic memory. So uh, he used to lie memorize video games and he his fine motor skills were that as he could very quickly uh, type uh, patterns and, and copy them um, and so I noticed that he was that was his thing and then he got into the iPad and so I found that the other people on the spectrum that that's their thing too so um, it was kind of a natural bridge from uh, having my own son on the spectrum interest in technology um, and then of course uh, seeing what an amazing human being he was and also seeing that well basically I went to his IEP meeting and I said what happens after high school and well, like, well we really don't know and so that was you know a, quite a turning point because I realized I'm going to have to probably get very much directly involved in his future for him to have a future and quite often, um, you know, 90% uh, of all people on the autism spectrum are either um, underemployed or unemployed. And so uh, that means they're going to be working in uh, having, not having a job or also jobs um, uh, the, the, uh, below their potential. And so, you know, that's, it's a, it's a uh, human justice cause for me that uh, I want to see people on the spectrum uh, find gratification and self-fulfillment. Uh, what, what it is to be a human is to do something that you're skilled at and enjoy. And I just think of my son, you know, when I'm not here, I'm not going to be here forever. You know, I'm older than he is, obviously. Um, one day I'm not going to be here. And then if he's in a job he doesn't love, I just think, what's his reason for being? Um, and most people on the, with parents who have kids on the autism spectrum can totally relate to that. So it's a combination, really, of him uh, being interested in technology, um, the amazing human being that he is, that ability to live in the moment, which motivates me to help others, and just the outlook for people on the spectrum. I want to make sure that they, they have a, a self-fulfilling and, and productive, happy life. So Fidgetech has a handful of tech-based classes for these students with autism who are enrolled. Can you take me through what the curriculum is comprised of and the different programs that are offered? Yeah, so we started, I guess it's yeah three years ago now, in uh, uh, Lake Oswego. Uh, there's a, a school for people um, who are dyslexic called Park Academy. And I knew the director. Um, she's also on, on the board here at, at George Fox. And so just from that relationship, that they just had built a brand new school. And she uh, said that uh, we could use the school to uh, start one of our programs. And at that time, it was just kind of me. <laughs> and uh, so I started to look around for a technology trainer. Um, and I came across this uh, amazing guy, uh, David Carstens. And he uh, is a senior software engineer. And I told him about the purpose and mission. And he got a little bit teary-eyed. And so he, he doesn't have autistic kids himself. But he could relate. He, he could understand what I mean, that idea of... Uh, you know, people not achieving their potential uh, and it being various, you know, a sad thing. 
Um, and then I also met up with uh, this amazing, uh, he, she's our uh, development director, Gina Johnson, um, who has who had done all this uh, events for people on the autism spectrum. That's how we got introduced. And so it's kind of the three of us and also uh, David's wife um, and other volunteers uh, started this night this night program in a Park Academy in Lake Oswego. So it's two nights a week. Uh, it's six to nine, uh, Monday, Thursday. And uh, it's called the Explore Program. And as the name suggests, it allows uh, people on the autism spectrum to explore technologies. So it can be a variety of things. It could be programming, uh, you know, coding programming. It could be uh, design type things. It could be video animation. Um, it could be um, audio production, a variety of different types of technologies. Um, and what's interesting, I think young people in general, you know, uh, being a professor here at George Fox, I've seen that young people, and even old people like me, <laughs> um, often don't know where they're going in life, and they don't really know where their true skill sets are, and so it's kind of hard finding your trajectory from uh, what, you're, what you're truly gifted at and applying that to some kind of... Uh, position or a job. And so, you know, how is it going to be someone on the autism spectrum who socially uh, is impacted, um, doesn't even know what opportunities are out there? Um, and so the Explore program allows them to try stuff. And so usually what happens is parents uh, call me and say, I have a, um, a son daughter and uh, they're in their room all the time and they're always on the computer. You know, I saw him order the stuff in, over the internet and build stuff, but I don't really know what he's capable or she's capable of. Um, and so that helps them to try stuff out. And so, as I said, that's been going on three years. Uh, about a, a year into it, I noticed that they uh, wanted to have a formal education so that they could go on. Uh, you know, some, for some of these uh, young people, it's not just about exploring technology. They want to have a career out of it. And, uh, you know, some of them are truly gifted, very, very talented. Um, because it's technology, a lot of our group have high IQs. So it inspired me to think of how we can work with, uh, you know, are we going to start our own curriculum? We could work with education partners. And so uh, currently we just launched uh, this this last spring, like a couple weeks ago, I guess that is. <laughs> uh, it's been a long time in the making, so that's why it feels longer to me. Um, so we're collaborating with PCC's multimedia department, which is on the Cascade campus in North Portland. And so we have uh, a group of students, um, six, we have a six to uh, one instructor ratio. And so they're in the regular classes with the other students, so they are in mainstream classes. Um, but we have, um, we hire our own uh, Fidgetech technical support learning coach to be in the class with them who can answer their questions and help them uh, you know very, uh, people on the spectrum are very black and white thinkers so having somebody there to kind of help guide them is really really critical um, important to, to being in the class and then of course we support them as mentors working with disability department um, the teachers uh, the advisors, just kind of the whole system. Being an educator myself, it was kind of a natural transition. Um, and so why PCC? Why community college? Um, well, it's a community college, so it's, you know, it's open to all people groups. <laughs> um, but also, uh, you know, it's not, uh, you know, you have the opportunity to explore the number of classes you want to take, whereas somewhere like, uh, you know, a four-year, you're looking at four classes a term. Uh, somebody who's just starting out in college who is uh, struggling socially is going to find taking four classes a term very very challenging so having the opportunity to be flexible there is really important um, and then we're just about to launch a, a program with Epicodus. Probably, uh, you know, being from the TAO, you'll know that Epicodus is a, a programming a web design and web development certificate, trade certificate, uh, right down in the downtown, you know, market area of Portland. 
And uh, so we piloted a student uh, there uh, in a C-sharp uh, certificate, and uh, he did brilliantly. And he finished that, and he's done an internship, and he's actually going to do another track with us. So we're going to start a group of eight uh, pretty Im imminently, probably in the next month, um, of uh, uh, students there at Epicotus, and they will get a trade certificate. Um, and what's great about us is, you know, normally it's like one to 30 in a class, you know, it's one to eight, actually one and a half to eight. So we have a full-time instructor and a part-time instructor. And so they, they get all of that, um, you know, interaction. Uh, plus, we are uh, working uh, with a, an organization that's going to help us uh, teach uh, uh, the soft skills needed to survive in employment. Um, so, you know, how to interact with your boss, how to, you know, go to a job interview. So they'll be um, learning all that alongside as the, the actual technical training. Um, because as I said in my initial, you know, comment address, is that we, we're not just trying to um, teach knowledge, head knowledge, you know, that's not enough, really, for, for human beings in general, whether you're on the spectrum or not, to excel in life. You need all of those soft skills as well, and especially now as technology has moved on and we're, we're having less and less face-to-face -face interaction. Um, so even though, you know, this program is going to be geared towards people on the spectrum, you know, it can it's helpful for anybody who, who's wanting to, uh, to learn soft skills. The program actually is called the Willamette Workforce Partnership. And you're also collaborating with Intel's hiring program, correct? So Intel, uh, so what happened is, I suppose, yeah, I need, need to back up a little bit. We, Apart from these, uh, you know, the night class and our, our full-time programs in the day, we also have done a, a couple of what we call game jams. Um, actually, right here in Newburgh, there is a, a game company called Soma Games, and their technical artists uh, work with our fidget tech trainers, and we did these spring break game jams. We've done two now um, over spring break, and uh, it's been a huge success. We easily recruit students to it because, you know, who doesn't want to w learn game development from real game technical artists? Sure. So they learn uh, what the technical artists are, are doing in their day-to-day -day job. And so through that partnership, the CEO of SOMA is part of um, Intel Software's um, innovation program. I can't remember the exact name of that, but you can maybe look that up for me. <laughs> um, and so through that, um, one of the uh, participants' mothers is the director of that innovation program. And so so that's how we met Intel is through Soma Games and through doing the game jams here in Newburgh at the um, the Innovation Accelerator here uh, in Newburgh across the street. And so that relationship grew. And what was interesting is uh, the, the person from Intel's son, when she first put him in the game jam, the first one, she wasn't sure like if he was going to be able to do it or what it was going to be like. And then he, d he did the one this, this last year, 2018. Uh, I guess that's just a couple years, a couple weeks ago, and uh, she came to pick him up, and he'd finished before everybody else. And wow. so, you know, I have to say that um, being in this business, I tech people on the autism spectrum, they surprise me all the time. You just be prepared to be surprised because you just don't know what's in there, and you don't know often their their uh, deep. Uh, capabilities, and so we just have to get, provide opportunity and see how they thrive. So that's how we met the Intel folk. And what's exciting is um, Intel now is here locally, is following uh, the footsteps of Microsoft and also HP in uh, California, um, who have pioneered autism hiring programs, or they call it neurodiversity. Um, 
So it's not good enough to just be diverse anymore. You have to be neurodiverse. And so we're really trying to coin that and push, push that terminology so more and more organizations will get on board with that. Um, so they are going to start that program. They're going to do a conference and they're also they're thinking of doing some kind of game jam as well at Intel this summer to raise awareness before they launch it because it, it really needs to be a cultural shift um, in order for it to be successful. So it's not enough to you know equip and train if the, the, the environment in the organization or the culture is not accepting. So there really needs to be awareness. And so Microsoft has done a great job of that as well as HP. And there's actually um, diversity training videos now that you can get from Optimize. Um, and I believe both uh, Microsoft and HP have these videos. And this is something Intel is going to use as well. And so these basically uh, teach what that is, you know, how to work with someone who's neurodiverse, what are the challenges, what are the opportunities. So there's resources out there uh, for organizations. So it's a super exciting time for us. Um, locally, we were working with um, New Relic, and New Relic's uh, senior software engineer there, Bill Kaiser, um, has really, really pioneered, in my opinion, um, bringing people in on the autism spectrum. Um, one person we referred to them um, who just contacted us through our Facebook uh, went in as an intern, and now he just celebrated his two-year anniversary as a software engineer. And so, you know, the successes like that that really motivate us at Fidgetech to uh, to keep going and be and believe in these young people that they can achieve these things. So, what's great now about Intel being interested is some of the smaller organizations. Um, Puppet Labs has asked us, Bill and I to come speak there. We spoke to Prosper Portland's. Um, uh, tech town diversity pledge companies uh, a couple months ago and so uh, people getting excited about neurodiversity which is great for us because I said that's what we're trying to do is create a bridge of opportunities. And for those parents who have teenagers who are on the spectrum and they are you know, looking out for the best interests of their children, what's the best way they can get involved with Fidgetech or you know, just any other opportunities out there to help support their kids? Sure. So we, of course, in social media, so you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tweet and all the rest. <laughs> I don't like to say Twitter. Twitter? Twitter? Twitter, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's not that easy for someone from England. Um, but yes, we also have a, uh, our website, um, so it's very easy to find us. Um, what, what was interesting is you know, now the fidget spinners have become really popular. People are starting to like know what fidget is and think about fidgets. And so when you search for us, our website comes up pretty uh, early in the search because there's not many fidget techs around. So, um, so it's easy to get in touch with us. We are going to be recruiting for another PCC term. Um, we are actually looking for one more person to join the Epicodus group before we launch that. So if people are interested, please get in touch with us. Um, our openings, we have going to have some openings coming up in our evening program because some of those students are moving into Epicodus and also PCC. So we have a lot of opportunities coming up. So I would just say uh, follow us on Facebook, check our, check our website, um, and, and get in touch with me. And, I, and I'm glad to uh, talk to you about your son and daughter and help you explore with them what might be the right fit. Mm -hmm. You might have touched on this a little bit earlier, and despite it seems just with all this momentum that Fidget Tech has, what is your greatest fear? for those kids out there who don't, who've never heard of Fidget Tech, who just don't have the access to those resources. Yeah, so I think just understanding what autism is. Uh, I encourage any parents 
who has a child uh, diagnosed or is even um, exploring that to, to be educated. So when my son was little, I was living in England and the National Autistic Society in the UK uh, did a program for tr uh, parents called the Early Bird Program and I was in cohort one, yes, because that's how old my son is. Um, and so, you know, right away they trained us and taught us what is autism, you know, what, what has happened, you know, what are the, what are the things that are gonna impact your relationship, your communication, the way they're going to interact with school and others. Um, and immediately, so I could see that my son uh, is not trying to be difficult because it seems like they could be difficult, right? And they're just trying to be difficult. But uh, what it is, it's a part of the way that the autism spectrum impacts pe imp people. So um, the part of the brain de that deals with social interaction isn't functioning properly. This can affect their sensory information. Um, so on the positive side, uh, you know, the way the brain is working, they can have incredible uh, photographic memories. Um, they can also have uh, in, uh, incredible uh, pattern recognition skills, which of course uh, can translate to jobs like in cybersecurity. Um, also, they can be very perfectionist. So um, I know that HP, um, when they did their uh, hiring, uh, they've hired several autistic adults, like 30, I think. Um, and they have a software testing team of just people on the spectrum. Um, and that team is, uh, they've looked at it and it's 30% more productive than other teams. So their productivity levels there, you know, if they find something they love, you know, fidget tech basically came about from um, yeah, a fidget is something that helps you focus and de-stress. Um, so within the autism community, you know, those are like, they could be toys, like the fidget spinner. Um, we had our name before that came out. <laughs> um, but basically ours is technology focused. And so that's what our kids love. So if they can find something within technology that they love, they can, they can focus on that for hours. So extremely pr productive. Um, they could also be really, really loyal em employees. Um, you know, I've heard of employees like crying at their reviews because they're so happy and grateful to have that job. Um, whereas, you know, other people may be, you know, company hopping. It's really nice to have productive employees. Um, so th those are, I think, the positives. And I, I, I always like to go talk about positives before I think about challenges or fears. Um, so there's many, many positive things, uh, such as the things I just mentioned. But on the, the other side, you know, uh, it can be very, very difficult. Um, you know, they can be very, very honest, as I said before, um, which means they say what they think. <laughs> um, you know, so if somebody on their team isn't being productive and they're pretty blank, blunt about that, uh, that might not go over very well. Sure. <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it can be really hard to understand. And so this is why I said that, uh, you know, in order to hire people on the autism spectrum, the uh, employees and managers need to understand what the aut what autism is so that it, they can be successful because it, it does affect the way they communicate and interact, um, but it's, it doesn't have to be a negative. It can be very, very positive. There's a show on right now called The Good Doctor, um, and it's about an autistic... Um, adult who is, you know, he's a, he's a doctor, obviously. Um, but it portrays, I think, the um, people on the spectrum really well in that he's extremely well-liked, um, he's extremely brilliant, but um, also, you know, it shows how autism shows up in, in a workplace. Um, so it, it, it demonstrates that the people around him need to understand what that is. Um, but once uh, once you f have somebody on your workforce who's on the spectrum, you will love them and you won't want to live without them. And so it's getting to that point where people are understanding autism and being open-minded um, and embracing what it is, um, and then they'll be successful. So my biggest fear is that they will uh, feel rejected, um, left out, um, and not be successful because of, you know, maybe the way that they feel about themselves. 
themselves. Uh, they can be uh, very um, hard on themselves. Um, and, and if other people are hard on them too, I think that just reinforces that. So I think that um, just a, a society as a whole and cult, uh, company cultures are, um, are open-minded about people on the autism spectrum. And it's so encouraging to hear that organizations like Fitch Tech are really changing the narrative of you know how we approach autism by investing in professional and career services and exposing them to this wealth of knowledge in tech. For people out there, especially even kind of younger folks who can sometimes tend to be a bit uh, less empathetic, what would your advice be to them, to those who kind of look down upon people who have autism or really any form of special needs or mental illness? I th- again, I think to be open-minded uh, and to not judge a book by its cover, and I think that's a good lesson for all of us in contemporary society, that we need to look beyond uh, what we are expectations and be open-minded about diversity in general and, you know, and neurodiversity. I think once you get to know someone on the autism spectrum, I mean, our kids are um, have high IQs, and so you know you'll see how brilliant they are, and you'll see how the way their mind works, uh, their photographic memory, their pattern recognition, and uh, so many can be a huge skill that you could have in your workplace or your group um, that is missing currently. And also their ability to focus, uh, work hard, be honest, tell the truth, want to be there, and show up every day and be in the moment. I mean, these are all great things to have in your organization. It's definitely nice that, you know, hiring managers um, to have really, really super dedicated, honest, loyal employees. Um, so just, just be open-minded. I mean, I, I've had, um, you know, sometimes they, they look down a lot or they may not have great eye contact. And so people don't realize how intelligent they are. In fact, people, uh, 50% of those on the autism spectrum are either of average or above average intellectual capability. Lots of people don't know that. They're, they're going by the outward look of, look of appearance. Uh, we're, we, we currently judge people on their ability to communicate. So if that's what we're judging them on, then we're missing so much. As I said earlier, you know, prepare to be surprised. I, I, you know, how brilliant they are and the new innovations they come up with and their new ways of thinking about uh, products and services, it just it blows my mind, really. Um, and so, you know, when we've helped people um, in college before, um, we've worked with people who um, are concerned about their ability to be successful um, and kind of have had some pushback in, in some circumstances. But then once they work with them, they love them. And they're, and, uh, you know, they're so glad that they got involved and gave the person a chance and not, not overlooked. So I think if you want to um, have somebody on your team who is be very, very present um, and can bring a new dimension, I think that's good for everybody. And as you kind of look long-term, how do you envision Fidgetech expanding? Because right now it just seems it's kind of regional. Do you foresee it expanding nationwide? What's kind of your end goal, if there is one, with the organization? Yeah, sure. So um, we also want to develop some new programs, so a portfolio builder program to help people with specific skills to apply to real-world problems. So they could even come to us with those in mind. Uh, We also want to develop a maker program for people interested in pursuing the development of a product um, or you know a project maybe that they're working on. So we're looking beyond just the, the education leg of it to other programs as well. Um, but we're really trying to start fundraising so that we can have our own facility. So right now we are 
kind of in, in lots of different locations. So we're in Cascade in northern Portland. We're going to be downtown Portland soon. We've been in Lake Oswego for almost three years. We do stuff out here in Newburgh in the Chehalem Valley um, Innovation Accelerator. So we have no centralized place. Um, and so people always say they want to come and visit. And I have to say, which program do you want to visit? Because we don't have a facility. Um, so that is going to be the goal. Uh, we're going to start fundraising. Um, we've been a 501c3, um, I guess, about a year now. So we're still relatively new as a 501c3, which, of course, impacts your ability to fundraise. Um, so as soon as we're, we're ready to roll with that, we are going to uh, try to open our own facility. And it will be a central hub. So part of what we do at Fujitech, um, you know, what I said at the beginning, is that we're trying to provide community. Um, the ability to, for them to communicate is really driven through their shared interest in technology. So often when we meet these young people, they're uh, in their rooms, they uh, basically you know, sleep all day, stay up all night playing video games. Some of them have no friends. Um, and it is a misconception that people on the spectrum do want to be isolated. That's absolutely not the case. Uh, people that I know on the spectrum are extremely affectionate. They want to have friends. They love being around people, but they don't know what to do. They don't know how to reach out. And because of that, there's a huge barrier for them to making friends and getting out of their rooms. So how do they get from that place to being in a community? So we've noticed at Vigitech it creates community, and the shared interest in technology creates a communication platform. So for a lot of them, they now have friends, they have shared interests, they go to movies together, they have activities that they do together. Of course, they come to our programs, and they've also learned, interestingly, to appreciate other people on the autism spectrum because you know in skills programs they're not necessarily with other people who are autistic. It could be any disability, and so they've had to kind of learn to work with each other as well. And with it being a spectrum, um, it shows up in lots of different ways. <laughs> so they've had to learn to be tolerant of other people who are neurodiverse, which is, again, it's good for, it's good for everybody. Um, but being able to communicate and, and have a sense of community is really, really essentially part of who we are at Vigitech. So we're not just trying to put technical skills in people's heads. We're trying to create a community. We're, cry, tr we're trying to op open the opportunities for them to have friendships, lasting friendships. And again, and, um, learn those soft skills needed to not only have relationships with other people, but uh, you know relationships when, when they're at work and being successful at work as well. So our, our, our I guess, um, immediate goal is to have our own facility where it could be a community hub, and then eventually we can also have our own uh, technology training programs there as well that could be day programs. Now, what are some examples of social cues that people with autism might not pick up on and maybe struggle to understand? Basically, you know, I, I can only use my own son as an example, and my son uh, is quite impacted in that he's nonverbal, and um, you know how it affected him growing up is he uh, he's an extremely visual learner, and I think that is, is true with a lot of our population. And so, you know, just talking really quickly, not looking at him, not using maybe uh, he actually has sign language to help him. Um, he will just miss so much of what's going on. So thinking of a maybe a different approach to interaction, um, maybe building in steps to help uh, understanding uh, the next steps involved. Um, I've noticed, uh, I know that one of the, the, the things that, that impact people on the autism spectrum is black and white thinking. Um, so for example, you know, uh, 
you know, if something doesn't go right, they think it, they, some people may think that's the end of the world and they'd be like, and nothing can be done. <laughs> um, but there's actually a lot that can be done. I'm a big believer in there's always a solution. And so one of the things we try to teach them is there is a solution. It, it's in that gray area where you're not used to thinking because you're used to thinking it's this or that. So instead of thinking bipolar, there is a gray middle ground and let's look for solutions. So that, that, uh, a uh, hard time that they have with the gray area thinking, I think, is something I've come across with many people on the autism spectrum. Um, and also uh, the ability to self-advocate. So, uh, you know, if somebody, you know, calls you a name or disrespects you, um, that's really hard to kind of, I mean, what, what we would do be like, well, actually, I have three degrees. Yeah. <laughs> so it would drop some kind of hint that, you know, I'm not unintelligent. I have all this education. Whereas someone on the autism spectrum, they just say how it is. So it's just like, they don't, that's kind of of complex social behavior to kind of position yourself and communication. So not being able to do that, it's extremely, extremely hard for them. Um, and then also just advocating for yourself where college, if something goes wrong with an assignment, you know, standing up and, t- and t- or talking to the teacher to, you know, I need an extension. Those kinds of things are really, really hard for people on the spectrum. So uh, those few things can, I think, really impact people when they're going to be at work, when they're getting trained um, in general. So I would say those are some of the challenges that I've seen and that we work uh, with often at Fidget Tech. Throughout this journey for you, having a son with autism and working with these students through Fidget Tech, what have these students and working with these different companies and cultivating these enriching programs, what has the greatest impact been on you or what have you kind of come away with through, through this experience? Yeah, I, again, I have to I have to go back to what I said earlier that, you know, prepare to be surprised. Um, so, you know, like I've seen, you know, people think often that they're not motivated. Um, and I'm just saying that some, from some of the relationships of people I know, so I'm not blanketing everybody. Um, but it seems to be uh, that they could be, lack, you know, lack motivation. Well, you know, I think everybody would lack motivation if they could not visualize a future for themselves or they couldn't see how they fit in to the big picture. I think everybody would be unmotivated if there wasn't an opportunity. So... I don't think it's a symptom of, of the autism spectrum. I think that's a, it's a symptom of not having opportunities there. So I've seen if you provide the opportunity, they meet the challenge and over and beyond. I've seen uh, you know young people who struggle getting out of bed in the morning um, go to work eight to five every day um, because it's something they, they love. They're doing something that they're skilled at. Um, so again, it's not unusual or like anybody else. Um, they need to have opportunities that opens doors for them. And if it's something within their skill set and what they're interested in, they they can be um, high achievers in those capacity. So when I say be surprised, because we're all learning together, you know, when we started Fidget Tech, it wasn't like there's a roadmap for like technical training organizations or people on the autism spectrum. Like, you know, we are we're learning every day, and society's learning, and organizations are learning. What is neurodiversity? How is it going to impact people in their relationships? How is it going to impact them at work? How is it going to impact their careers the rest of their lives? So there's no roadmap here, and you know, including my son in this, who's 20 now. Uh, 
you know, society is just, I think, starting to learn. You know, in the 70s, in 1972, I think uh, one in 20,000 people are diagnosed with autism. Today, it's one in 66. And it's thought that Oregon has one of the highest incident rates in America. So we're all being challenged as a society to figure out how do we make, create opportunities, a bridge of opportunities for people on the autism spectrum. So just be prepared, prepared to be surprised because, because we're learning and again because as I've seen them presented with opportunities I've been surprised every time and they're just amazing human beings you want to be around them that ability to live in the moment is an amazing thing and I think something that uh, what we say as atypical people lack because we're always looking back into our past (laughs) and we're always looking forward like what's going on tomorrow you know what stress do I have you know going on tomorrow what's going to be you know next week whereas just taking each day for what it's worth and living in it I think we can learn lessons from people on the autism spectrum in that respect it's just it's as we've developed these programs I've seen that's what's where I I didn't know what to expect to be honest um because we don't know (laughs) um you know and that one young person I described you know not being able to get up every morning we're like how's he gonna be there at eight o'clock every day and then just pull in all the stops out and just like that's it that's what they do and it's like really (laughs) right be able to kind of long term be able to be self-sustaining and take care of themselves because i'm sure what any parent Mm -hmm. fears is kind of like what you mentioned after they're gone will they be able to look after themselves Mm -hmm. um and so it just seems like through a lot of these you know, working with these companies that can provide them meaningful jobs and work that they really love just seems like that's going to contribute to that. Um, But now, as we're seeing um, how productive they are, and what a wonderful, I don't, just, it's really nice, really refreshing to be around really honest (laughs) people. Um, And you know they're just who they are, and what they say is exactly what they think, and it's really, really refreshing to know that that person thinks that, and that's what they're bringing to the table. And just the ability to be innovative, you know, uh, these organizations, some of these organizations that have hired them, they've saved them millions of dollars and created them billions of dollars through the innovations that they have brought because of their uh, uh, different ways of thinking. So, for example, um, I've met several people on the spectrum who um, have some amazing abilities. So, like this one girl I asked, I said, what did you do, you know, what do you do in your spare time? And she says, oh, I enjoy reading. So I said, um, what what do you like to read? Do you have an example of a recent thing you've read? She says, well, this morning I read the new Harry Potter book, which is like as big as a dictionary. And I said, right. this morning? the whole book oh yeah it's real good and they often don't know and this is what I'm saying we have to help them uncover that these are really strong talents um, and she says uh, she says, oh yeah it took like six hours I'm Five like that would take me yeah. six months to read that yeah. book um, and then just stuff like that and then we had a night class uh, in one of our night classes there was a girl there and some guy was reading off a, bu- a bunch of like three digit numbers um, or four digit numbers and then she was like it's like 26,395 and like it was instantly and he was like what and she's like yeah, yeah she didn't even know she thought everybody could do that it's like it's obvious that's an obvious answer Um, so there's some like really really super super skills that they bring uh, that they don't know are in there so often we're trying to help them and cover what those are and bring them to the table so they they just bring that um, I think ability to uh, have have new innovation Um, often you know I've talked to several of them who 
uh, just this this week, I was speaking to somebody um, on the way to class, and he was telling me that uh, he, oh yeah, he's, he gets into different topics, and then he gets bored with them, and then he moves to another topic. So it could be anything. It could be math. It could be history. And so he said that he learns everything that he can possibly find on the topic until he feels he's exhausted it and he's bored, and then he moves on to something else. Um, and he says, oh, my family won't let me watch Jeopardy with them because I literally know all the answers. Wow. And he says, I even know the double Jeopardy questions. Um, so they're like, no, you're not allowed to watch it, or if you watch it, you're not allowed to say the answer because right. it's just too boring and you win everything. Yeah. So can you imagine if you are able to have remember stuff, have it interested in, in a lot of different things, how that could make um, some really new creative innovations, being able to retain the information in your mind. I mean, think of how quickly we lose things that we've learned and then you come to a new context. Imagine if you had a catalog that you could browse through. Um, the autistic uh, person on the autism spectrum, Temple Grandin, uh, she uh, created um, humane slaughterhouses, and I think about 50% of the American slaughterhouses use her, her pattern that she created. Um, she says that when she thinks of uh, something that she's seen, it's like uh, Google images. Google for images goes through her mind. So, for example, if you said like to somebody, a church steeple, we would think of some vague church steeple. Well, she says she sees every single church steeple she's ever seen since a child go through a head like flashcards. And so imagine if you had this amazing drawers in your brain, I guess you could describe it, where you could just pull it open and you could think of a new design and then cross that over with something else you've learned. Um, I think it's fascinating. And so I'm really interested to see where some of these inventions uh, come, who they come from and, and when and how and where. Well, absolutely. And knowledge is power, as the famous expression goes. So, yeah, I can only imagine what it would be like to be able to leverage all of that wealth of information and apply it to meaningful work. Um, well, Justine, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you for sharing your story, your son's story, and shedding light on the potential that these students with autism have to lead meaningful, successful lives. A pleasure. Thank you very much.